Hello, podcast world. I'm hopping on the mic this morning on December 30th, 2019 to talk about how to make 2020 your best year ever. We stand today. The Business Method with a shout The Business Method. The Business Method Podcast. The Business Method Podcast featuring Chris Reynolds. Entrepreneurs' systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm your host, Chris Reynolds, and welcome to the Business Method Podcast, a podcast featuring successful entrepreneurs and high-profile people dissecting their business models. We dissect the different methods, tools, and tactics of high-performance online entrepreneurs and high-caliber people in a series format. On our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs in 100 days that have built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs that have built location-independent businesses that produce over a million dollars and annual revenue and now we're interviewing 100 major influencers to get behind the minds and the science of using influence to grow business and influence income results economies and cultures there's a growing number of people building these caliber of businesses like this and we're going to figure out what it takes to make this happen now let's jump in today's show the business method hello podcast world i'm hopping on the mic this morning on december 30th 2019 to talk about how to make 2020 your best year ever. And I actually just got off the microphone being interviewed on a friend's podcast, uh, Ariel Levin, and uh, he owns soulmarketing.co. And we were talking on the podcast, basic outlines to make your year the best year, but also strategically taking some time out to figure out what worked last year and what didn't. And to review that and the importance of doing that as well. So we're going to hop into the show real quick. It'll be a fun little podcast. And uh, yeah, actually being on Ariel's podcast inspired me to to do this just right after. Because we had the notes, we had everything set up, we're ready to go. So here's what's really standing out for me. I actually did a seven-day meditation retreat um, a, about a month ago. And I spent seven days uh, meditating between 40 to 50 hours. And one of the things that came up is, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for, you know, over 10 years. And one of the things that really came up and stood out for me was that, okay, you know, in 2009, I was selling on Amazon and I did it for six months or whatever. And I was like, yeah. This isn't working. It's not really working. And if I would have stuck with that, I know guys like Nate Ginsburg's a good, a really good example. He was on the podcast, um, and he was literally backpacking in north in the north of Thailand. Heard about this online digital nomad uh, business, online business thing. Started selling on Amazon. Within five years, sold his business for just shy of a million dollars, and. Um, you know, is now starting other businesses and investing in other businesses. If, if I would have stuck with Amazon since 2009, that would have absolutely revolutionized like where I'm sitting right now financially. Um, 
And my challenge as an entrepreneur and, and a challenge that many of us entrepreneurs always have is having a shiny object syndrome. Um, you know, we're like a squirrel. Oh, like that's the new fast thing. Let's go do that. That's going to, you know, pull in the fast cash. So I then can, you know, have some money for this year or this month or whatever. And so some of the things that I was really like pondering and working on in 2009 was that Amazon business. If I would have stuck with that, life would have been much different. Also, um, uh, YouTube, a YouTube channel, because I was traveling, I was doing awesome things. I was living a really fulfilled, location-independent lifestyle. And um, if I would have done a YouTube channel, I would have been really great with that YouTube channel now as well. And so those are things that crossed my mind that I knew were uh, good opportunities, but for whatever reason, I didn't stick with them. Now, that's not negating my experience over the past you know, 10 years. I'm not saying I would take it all back because I got a lot of valuable experience of, out of the things that I, I did and I didn't do. But during that meditation retreat, what I was really thinking of is like, okay, in the next 10 years, what's going to be that one thing? What's going to be the one or two things that really, when I'm sitting here on the microphone, December 30th, 2029, God, that sounds so far in the future, December 20th, 2029, when I'm sitting here and sending out a podcast, what's going to be the one thing that I really put my time and energy towards? And the answer came up almost immediately. It's podcasting. You guys, we're still in the wild, wild west world of podcasting. Very much so. Even though I guess we're going on probably a little over 10 years of podcasting because Apple has dominated the market for so long and had a monopoly with podcasts, it really didn't have a lot of movement. It wasn't until even 20, early 2018 when Apple pulled out their own statistics for podcasting. And so this is something that's really going to grow. I think I, I don't see it going anywhere. I see it actually growing consistency consistently for a long time. And it's going to replace radio. It's going to replace audio um, the way that we, we've seen it, and it already has, to be honest. And I always, when I come back home, I think of podcasting like this. My dad listens to these these gardening shows or talk radio or, uh, you know, AM channels where he can get some information to learn how to take care of his, his lawn and his yard better. And so um, when we're... Uh, what ha what's what's going to replace talk radio, which has been mainstream for generations since the early 1900s, is podcasting. And we're no longer going to have those uh, talk radio uh, like on a regular channel. Maybe maybe they'll be around. But what we'll find is like instead of pushing, you know, 1080 AM, you know, uh, talk radio with Toby Tobin or whatever you have learning about how to uh, garden or learning how to uh, raise a family or whatever it may be, uh, you're going to have uh, uh, people going straight to podcast. And, and we already are. And more and more generations are going to do that. And so when I think of the next 10 years, like podcasting is it podcasting is it creating a um, sustainable business from that over the long term. And um, so think about that when you're creating your goals for next year. What are you, what's the, the few things that you really want to knock out for the next decade? And that makes you think a little bit more deeper than just, than just thinking about what you want to accomplish in 2020. The goals, the longer term the, 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 the more that you can plan out longer. Let me tell you what happens with our brains when this happens. Um, 
our prefrontal cortex is activated when we do long-term planning. Our prefrontal frontal cortex is the idea of ourselves, but it's also like the brakes on a car. So like when you uh, go to a cliff and your brain says, hey, stupid, don't jump off the cliff, um, then that's the pre- prefrontal cortex. But it's also the place where we feel the most fear and anxiety. So there's there's a lot of pros and a lot of cons to come with the activity in prefrontal cortex and with the prefrontal cortex. And if we can manage this, we can really... Um, we can really become incredibly productive and focused and clear on what we want. So the longer that we can plan out life, 90 years from now, 100 years from now, 500 years from now, 50 years from now, 25 years from now, 10 years from now, uh, the more activity that is help, that is, that is um, working in the prefrontal cortex in a good way. And what is also happening is that it takes you, it makes you think about different things. When you write a 500-year plan, your priorities are different than a 10-year than a plan. When you figure out, you know, everything you want to accomplish while you're laying on your deathbed, your priorities are a bit different. So every week when I plan my week, one of the things that I do is I picture myself 95 years old and I look back on my life and all the things that I've done and I write down um, what I want to do this week what are the most important things I can do this week to get me towards the, the end of my life goals? And that's a powerful exercise. So now what I'm doing is um, getting really clear on the next decade and what I'm going to do in the next decade. And that takes a bit of time. So take some time out that and do some serious planning. I would recommend you guys, anybody, take at least one solid full day and plan out your 2020 year. Plan it out. Plan it out and write it out. Now, <clears throat> before we dive more into uh, how to actually plan out the 2020 year, I want to talk about reminiscing and strategically thinking about what you achieved and what you didn't achieve for the year prior, so 2019. So look at it like this. Uh, in late August, in September, I start thinking about what I want to achieve for the next year. And I'll take my journal out and I'll write it down and I'll have that there. And it's ready to go anytime I need it. Maybe I'll put it in my phone. If my phone's near me, then I'll transfer it over to my journal. And I have good, clear ideas, even by October, on what I'm going to work on for 2020. A lot of people don't do that. And I think it's something that we need more of. Like if you want to get those big things done in your life, maybe it's even just lose weight. Maybe it's uh, get into shape. Maybe it's deepen your relationships with your loved ones. Start writing down in August, September, whenever, the, even if it's in June, even if it's in May, start writing down the, the things that you want to work on for the next year. Okay. And have a list of those. If they come up and you want to work on them immediately, work on them immediately. Um, if you want to hold off until the next year, then do that. Then you'll have a good list of what you want to work on. Okay. And then when it comes, uh, uh, also think about the things that you had been working on in the previous year, write those down as well and see how you did with them. I guarantee you have projects that fell off the map completely, probably numerous projects or goals that you wanted that completely fell off. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. So, so write those down as well and then take some time at the end of the year when you're doing before you start confirming and solidifying your next year goals, write the end of the year uh, things you did at the previous year and and measure them. Did I get seventy five percent? Did I get fifty percent? Did I fail? Did I did I get one hundred and twenty five percent? Write those down, and also ask yourself what worked and what didn't work. Why did this work, and why did this not work? Why did this work, 
and why did this not work? And if you can do that, you'll get some some really powerful lessons on the way that you've been performing, the way that you see your goals, the, the strategy, your structure you use for setting goals, and it will help you go over, overlap into the next year. Okay, so then when you start <clears throat> planning out 2020, um, you know, you've got a list of things that you want to do for the next year, right? Hopefully you're taking some time out and making sure that those are in alignment with your longer term goals. So then <clears throat> the next thing is, okay, you've got a list, write all the things down that you think are really good and juicy. Okay, and so when it comes to business, when it comes to per- career and professional goals, I pick two max three goals to work on by the end of next year. So for example, the previous two years, I've had only three business goals. And I think of myself at the end of 2020 for this year. And I think of what are the the two or three major most important things that I could get done that, that makes me feel really damn good. And so for this year, I'm actually reducing it from three to two for 2020. And the things that can make me feel really, 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 really damn good. And that is growing the podcast, focusing my time and attention. Um, we just got ranked as 55 um, on Apple. Uh, we're ranked at 55 um, on Apple for entrepreneurship. And so I have seen considerable amount of progress going from earlier this year, sitting around 200 under business and marketing, getting up to 55 at uh, 55. So that's pretty impressive. So I want to keep working at that. And the other one is to create partnerships to create courses. And so for courses on high performance and productivity and focus. And so um, those are my two focuses for 2020. That is it. That is it when it comes to business, okay? Now, you can write down also those personal goals. So when it comes to personal goals, I categorize them as mental, physical, emotional, spiritual. So the business goal, 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 goals excuse me, go into the mental quadrant. Um, physical goals, obviously, exercise, weight loss, uh, health. Um, spiritual goals, meditation, prayer, going to, to uh, practicing a religion, a faith, um, Anything, maybe even giving back, charity, tithing, um, something like that. And emotional goals around um, the emotions around yourself or, or personal relationships with friends and family, social time, etc. Finance goals go in, in the mental section also. So so I've got my two, uh, two to three. We've got our two to three mental goals down. Now also write down the spiritual, emotional, physical. So I'm, I'm really in detail because I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I really am very structured and detailed when it comes to my mental goals because that's going to be a massive amount of my time, eight hours a day, more or less, um, 52 weeks out of the year, more or less, that that is going to give get my time and attention, right? So, um, so then you strategically uh, write down what are those two or three things and then whenever you plan your weeks and your quarters, um, your focus is always on those two things. What are the things I can do this week? What are the things I can do this month? What are the things I can do this quarter that helps me get those two or three things? Okay. So now let me walk you through my, my now once I have those two or three things that I want to achieve, then what I do is I plan quarterly. Okay, so right now I'm writing down what's going to happen for Q1 of 2020, and I'm figuring it out. 
And this is where I write down the four areas of my life, uh, the mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, and I solidify those goals, okay? So we have my mental goals, which are two or three business things, two for me in 2020. It could be three for you. Then I have my uh, physical goals, which is uh, exercise on a regular basis. I like to do different types of exercises, whether it's jujitsu or running. It depends where I'm at in the world as well. But exercise Monday through Friday and try to get an hour, 40 minutes to an hour in every single day. That's it. Elevating that heart, heart rate, doing some good stretching. Maybe it's yoga, whatever it may be. Okay, so Monday through Friday to get an hour in every day. 40 minutes to an hour every day. So that's my exercise goals for Q1. And um, then we have emotional goals. And that comes around uh, personal relationship with self, uh, personal relationship with a a loved one partner, um, and personal relationship with family and friends, right? And so what I'm working on for my emotional goals right now is just... um, um, working on my social life. I'm moving to Austin, Texas. This is a new city for me. I've got a bunch of friends down there, but I don't have a, a place to live yet. So I'm working on a place to live and then integrating into the culture and the lifestyle and meeting the right people in Austin, Texas. That's it. That's my emotional goals. And then spiritual goals is uh, meditation. Meditate every single day. And that's it as well. And so, so this is for my quarter. Then I write down, so, okay, at the end of March... What I want to do is achieve um, these four er- these goals in the four areas of my life, right? And my we talked about um, my two business goals, my two mental goals uh, that fall in alignment with my 2020 goals, right? <clears throat> and those are can can doing the work that it takes to grow the podcast, uh, maybe advertising the podcast, putting it up in more platforms, and then also um, creating strategic partnerships to create courses. And so maybe I'll have three, uh, my goal will be to have three um, partnerships by the end of May, solid partnerships with um, major people that make a massive uh, shift in the business, in my business, and their business. So it's a win-win. So that's an example of the quarterly mental goals that follow in alignment with those 2020 goals. Goals, And then uh, every evening, uh, excuse me, every Sunday evening, I plan out my week and I plan out the most important things to do that fall in alignment with those mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical goals. Now, <clears throat> this sounds like a lot. I know it can, especially if you're new to planning. It sounds like a lot. But um, I think it, it's even if you don't do as much, um, I think it's strategically very, very important because entrepreneurs and people don't plan to fail. They fail to plan. And when they plan strategically and do a good job at it, there's a much more uh, a higher chance that, that you are going to follow through with that process. Okay, because you've already invested a, a decent amount of time in that and you have things written down. <clears throat> Most important thing is find some sort of planning strategy um, or strategic strategy where you can write down your goals at least on a weekly basis and also do those two or three, write down the two or three major things for your business or for your career that you want to accomplish at the end of the year. That will make a huge, huge shift on the time and energy and the results that you get over the next 12 months. It's really important. Okay. So, um, 
one of my models I want to address is do less better. So as a busy high performer, as anybody that just wants to get a lot of stuff done in life, um, it's important to do less better because we have so many shiny objects that are coming in, so many new projects that can come up, so many miscellaneous things. It doesn't matter. The list never, ever, ever ends. And then when you tack that thing off the list, you're like, Ah, you feel good for a split second, maybe a few minutes if it's a really huge thing, maybe a few days or a week. And then it's like, now what do I do? Then you just got to go over the next thing. Now, I don't think this is an unhealthy process because <clears throat> the the challenge of us working towards a goal is incredibly important for the involvement of the person in the maturity uh, and the growth of a human. But if we have too many of those, it can lead to a lot of distress a lot of tension, a lot of frustration, and burnout, which is what we don't want, okay? So here's another little tip when it comes to um, high performance, productivity, and goal setting. There's two different types of activities that you can do. <clears throat> There's an anabolic activity, which science describes as, is defined as, um, an activity that gives you more life or gives you more energy. And there's an catabolic activity, which is defined as an activity um, or something that takes more energy away from you or takes more life away from you. So a perfect example of that is anabolic activity is exercise, right? You exercise, you have more energy um, or eating healthy. You have more energy, you put, uh, it's an activity or a substance that you've put into your body or put into your life that's going to give you more energy, give you more life. Perfect example of a catabolic activity is sugar. The more sugar you eat, the worse you're going to feel, the more weight that you'll gain, uh, the more uh, spikes and then low lows that you'll actually have, and it leads to disease and so on, da-da-da-da-da-da. Um, so that's a catabolic substance, a catabolic eating sugar is a catabolic activity. Okay, so when planning your goals and managing your time, you guys, do things that are anabolic activities. Do things, write goals down that are going to make you, give you more energy. Getting on the podcast mic for me gives me more energy. Getting Going out and doing some exercise, traveling the world, this gives me more energy. These are all very anabolic activities. Uh, creating partnerships, um, doing projects that help people, help people become better humans. These are things that give me more energy, and that's why I do them, why I focus on them. And then catabolic activities are the ones that lead to burnout. If you're feeling more distress in your life, you're feeling more tension, if you're feeling more frustration, whatever, even if it's a small project or a relationship or a friendship or a job or, or a big project or whatever, if it's, if it's causing more tension in your life and more frustration and anger and anxiety, that's a catabolic activity and eventually that's going to lead to burnout. Okay? That takes some time to sit around to sit and be aware of this if you can say you know <clears throat> there's there's a lot of um i guess people look up to a, a lot of the or what we assume in society that a type a high performer uh, is is a person that can just plow through anything even if they're stressed out and get anything done with so many activities and i think what you're really going to find guys is the true high performers the true people that live well-balanced happy lives that don't burn out. The true people that become masters of their trade are the people that do less better. Do less better. So when planning these things out, doing less, 
picking two or three goals, right? Doing it better and focusing your time and energy on that. Focusing the content that you absorb around those subjects, that will be huge for you. Focusing the, the, the books that you read, um, the things that you watch on YouTube, on videos, uh, the conferences that you go to, the type people you spend your time around, have those in alignment with your goals um, and doing less better. So now we want to touch on uh, a little bit of stress management. So one thing that I found we've learned a lot about in 2019 is um, the power of turning off your phone. And I know this scares a lot of people, but turning off your phone, you guys, is a powerful, powerful tactic. Um, And the University of Texas did a study that our cognitive ability our cognitive ability reduces when our phone is around us, even if it's in a bag, even if it's like on silent. And so in order to, for our cognitive ability to spike back up to its full functioning, what we need to do is turn the phone off and then put it in another room. Put it as far as, hide it from ourselves, put it as far as way as, far away, as, far as, way as possible. Um, and this, you're going to find that it's almost like a little superpower. You feel better when you do it. You feel more empowered. You feel more focused. You feel more clear. And I shut my phone off. Um, literally it, it, it goes on, uh, it turns off. There's an app on it that turns it, all the apps off at, um, 10. No, no, excuse me, midnight. And then it does not turn back on at 10.30 in the morning. Usually, even if it does turn on until 10.30 in the morning, um, I don't even check it until noon, noon or after lunch. So I go for having that phone literally off and away from me for including sleep time about seven, about 12 hours a day. And um, this has been huge. I think especially with getting the big projects done and focusing like it, it'll, it'll change your life. It'll make you see and make your productivity levels really make you see more clearly and make your productivity levels spike and increase. And you form really healthy habits around that. So I think that's it. If you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out um, about how to make 2020 your best year ever. Um, Remember, let's, let's review really quick. Uh, Take some time and review what you did in the previous year, write down what worked and what didn't work. And it'll be really helpful if you can take out a complete day, even if it's 2020 has started already, you guys, even if it's a week, two weeks in, a month in, even if it's February, still take out a day and do this because it'll, it'll help you on the backside. Okay. So take out a day, reminisce, write down the things you wanted to achieve in, in 2019, what worked and what didn't work. Okay, and then write down, start writing down your list of things you want to achieve in 2020. What are the two, when it comes to business and career, what are the two or three major things that can make you feel really damn good? So those are your, your, your targets. Those are your focus for the next 12 months. And then um, write down some miscellaneous things in different areas of your life, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. Circle the ones that stand out. Make an, uh, 90 day goals in alignment with your yearly goals in alignment with the, the ones that are most important for you emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And then, um, and then, and then plan, you know, set a deadline. You need a deadline. So, so three months from whenever today is, and then, um, plan those on a weekly basis. Every Sunday night, every Friday evening, Sunday night, or Monday morning, make sure you go through the process and plan your week out. It's really huge and important.
Again, if you have any more questions, feel free to reach out to us, uh, info at thebusinessmethod.com or on Facebook or Twitter, or not Twitter, we're, we're on Twitter, but Facebook or Instagram, any of the social medias. And uh, have a great year. Subscribe and listen to the podcast more. We have more people coming on, more high performers, um, some really, really impressive people. And then uh, we have some courses set up. Uh, Take your productivity from 100% to 200% in two weeks. We've got a course that's being released as we speak right now. And then um, other high performance courses that will come up as well. So, I'm Chris from The Business Method. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, Again, any questions, reach out. Have a great, successful, amazing 2020, you guys. Here's to high performance. Here's to your best year ever. Signing off. Have a wonderful year. Hey, listeners. Thanks for joining us once again. We wanted to remind you about our high-performance productivity coaching and our five, six, seven, and eight-figure private masterminds. These are all designed for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs to help you scale rapidly and grow. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com. That's thebusinessmethod.com. And we'll see you all on the next episode.